For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This podcast is part of the More Than Baseball organization. More Than Baseball is working daily to provide or to better the lives of minor leaguers all over baseball. Um, Our mission is to protect and enhance the future of our game by allowing baseball players to live better lives during and after their careers. Uh, Check them out at morethanbaseball.org. I'm super excited for my guest today, a pitcher in the Rangers organization, uh, drafted originally by the Mets uh, in the 10th round. Steven, uh, am I pronouncing this right? Villanez? Uh, separate the L's, the lines. The lines. There you go. The lines. Yeah. How's it going, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how, and obviously you're, you're rehabbing right now, but like, how has, uh, the past couple of days been the season so far? How's everything going? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, rehabbing with some shoulder issues, but hopefully get some answers and be back on the field soon. But until then, it's kind of a, kind of hang out and do everything you can. Yeah. Is there like um, an idea of what's kind of going on or you're just kind of like wait and see what 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 the answers are going to be? Uh, I, I meet with the doctor tomorrow and we'll go over some MRIs and kind of make a plan from there. So I'll have more answers tomorrow. Well, let's let's talk about this, though. OK, so you're from California. I'm from California. We got to kind of set um, figure out a couple different um uh, pre presumptions about us California guys. Like, I don't know how California you are. Obviously you're Southern California and I have these, you know, preconceptions of Southern California people, uh, growing up in the Bay area here in California, in the San Francisco Bay area. But, uh, like how California are you? Like, are you a surfer? Like what, what, what do you, uh, how, how California would you describe yourself? Uh, so I, I haven't really lived back in California since high school, but as far as, uh, how I dress and, I guess I've heard how I talk as well. I'm pretty California, so I, I love the beach. Tried surfing when I was younger, and it's it's pretty hard and stick with it. But uh, definitely can find me at the beach anytime I'm back there. Yeah, no, for sure. Okay, so you talk about like, surfing and everything. I'm I live in the Midwest now, so everyone always is, that's like one of the first questions they ask me when I tell them I'm from California. Like, oh, so you a surfer? I'm like, no, I don't surf. But I've been told similar to you that I kind of sound like a California guy. I'm very laid back, um, just kind of chill. So I don't like everyone always asks me like, "Are you are you by the beach? You live by the beach?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm, I've never surfed in my life. Like it's just, I'm not that California. Like I've never surfed." Um, what about this In and Out? Like is that is that the best food chain ever or no? Uh it's it's definitely the best fast food burger there is. Um, especially playing in Kansas and being in Texas a bunch. Uh, I'm hearing Whataburger. Yeah, is really good. It. It's okay. Yeah. I like Whataburger, but if yep. I had to pick one, it's uh, In-N-Out is unmatched fast food burger. Absolutely. Um, and same thing here in Wisconsin. We have Culver's. I don't know if you've ever had Culver's, but 
that's yep, yep. that's the the thing here and i'm like well i always tell people like it's it's not in and out though <laughs> no 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 um but anyway yeah so talking about california all right so you grew up in in uh in california you went to el toro high school uh which yep. is like some of the really good players came from there um did you ever get a chance to play with matt chapman uh i i was around him a bunch my brother's two years older than me okay. so they grew up playing together um Arenado was a couple years older than right. them, but his younger brother was my year. So I grew up playing from Little League travel ball all the way through high school with him. Um, basically all, all in the same baseball community. Mm -hmm. Everyone kind of went in between different travel teams, stuff like that. So we were all around each other, which was um, now, now looking back, you don't really realize that those guys are going to be almost the face of the MLB. So it's, it's pretty sweet looking back. Um, was Arenado's brother as good as he is, or like, like is he in, in? Did he ever go, advance? I'm, I'm not too familiar with his brother. <laughs> Pro, man, probably the most, the, the toughest question or the uh, toughest scene for him because his brother's top five yeah. baseball players, right? But uh, no, he he was really good. He's a good ball player. He played for the San Francisco Giants organization. Okay. Um, I I know he's up to Double A, maybe some Triple A, but. Um, so I he's, he's, he's still playing then like he's still in professional baseball i i think he finished uh it was either last year okay. or right before uh 2020 happened yeah and how difficult is that to always be compared to your brother like you said who is like just who's just an absolute <laughs> stud like i i, I live here in, in wisconsin yeah. so like the brewers are my nl team and like we see the the cardinals all the time and i'm like Dude. and it's hard for me to hate the cardinals because i grew up in california so i never really grew up as a yeah. Brewer fan, hating the Cubs, hating the Cardinals. So I kind of have, like, an appreciation for them. Um, so, like, watching them succeed and watching him play, like, it always brings me joy. But, uh, yeah, those guys are just, just incredible. Like, were you able to see, like, at an early age, like, like they were just going to be absolute dogs? Like, because, like, were they just different than everyone else? Uh, I, I would say we kind of knew it with Nolan. Mm -hmm. I remember just when I was watching him when he first was in high school, my brother was there, and, Anyway, yeah, you could just tell this guy had something different about him. Yeah. I think he hit like 400, 500 Jeez. every year. So, and especially in Southern California, mm -hmm. there's great competition. So you can kind of tell right away that he was going to be something pretty special. Um, and then for Chapman, he was always above as well. He, he was a great player. He was always the best one on the team. But he was more of an on-base, uh, single, work-the-count type guy. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, I mean, once he got to Fullerton, he kind of, took off but yeah they they were always no one was a for sure no doubter and then matt it was always a you knew he was really good mm -hmm. but it wasn't a hey he's gonna be one of the best yeah yeah like i grew up an ace fan so like watching him like he was one of those guys just coming up like okay he's the future of our team and then the a's you know did a's things and then he's traded now he's with a with the Toronto Blue Jays, but you know I'm not going to talk about the heartbreak that I've had being a, an A's fan for the last several years. But um, you mentioned California and like the scene of baseball there. Like I've I've talked to guys who live here in the Midwest, and um, during like during the off season they can't during the winter they can't practice because it's snowing or whatever, and so they'll play other sports and all that. Uh, did you play other sports or was baseball pretty much just like your only thing? No, I. Uh... I got a pretty good streak going right now. I'm only, I'm turning 27 next month, but yeah. I've never played any other organized sport besides wow. baseball. I was I was never on a, a basketball team, a soccer team. It was all baseball, and it was 
probably because I my sister grew up playing Little League, then softball, and then my brother was all baseball. So I kind of had had no choice, but it's it's worked out so far. Yeah, no, it's obviously worked out so far. You're in AAA. I mean, you're close enough to the big leagues. You're that's just that next step. Um, how was the recruiting process going from high school? Because I'm sure like scouts were everywhere there. Like that's just one of those schools. And um, like you obviously Chapman, Arenado, they just have dudes who play there. And obviously you yourself got drafted pretty high. Um, how was like the the recruiting process for school? Looking at different schools because obviously you went to Kansas. Um, like how was that process for you? Yeah, it was, uh, wasn't recruited pretty much at all out of high school. Um, kind of rightfully so I wasn't throwing hard. I had kind of a weirder arm path angle. Um, but just kind of threw strikes and I was able to get some innings. Um, but yeah, it really was a, a teammate's friend of a family friend who ended up knowing the head coach at Kansas, who just retired, Rich Price. And he uh, gave me a preferred walk-on spot and kind of never looked back. So I enjoyed my four years there and they uh, helped me grow and find out my sidearm angle and everything. So owe them everything for my professional career. And here we are. So were you always pitching kind of funky? Um, like what, how did that uh, process start? You, you, I know you had mentioned that your coaches there had helped you like, uh, lower your arm slot a little bit more but were you always pretty much um pitching that way uh it i wouldn't say i was sidearm maybe a little three quarters but it was more uh the wrap behind my back i don't just do the traditional uh to my ear and go it's it's more of a behind the back to the side awkward sphere that i'm drawing if i had a pen in my in my hand um and I think this kind of throws off timing, throws off some rhythm. And with it coming out a little bit less traditional slot, it kind of helped me out. And then got to Kansas, body grew. I understood pitching a little bit more. And, uh, was yeah, I was able to kind of create the arm slot I'm in now. Yeah, so how was it pitching in Kansas? Because obviously uh, we, we know their basketball team's just electric. Um, I don't know if their football team was good or not, but uh, how was the baseball team? Did you guys have a pretty good squad when you were there? Uh, the well, the football team won a total of four games in my four years, and uh, wait, every four all all together, they only won four games. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was so, it was a tough stretch. Still, is a tough stretch for Kansas football, but uh, <laughs> it. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with college football, but you should look um, it up. I, I big Big Ten, so like Kansas or Wisconsin, yeah, yeah. Minnesota, Nebraska, uh, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. I haven't really yeah, watched definitely. big. Are you guys Big Twelve or no? How, uh, big 12, uh, yeah, yeah, Big Twelve. So, how was the yeah. uh, college game day then? Like, I mean, were you guys able to go out there and enjoy, it, or did your coach have you guys run practices on those days to just keep the boys from getting too crazy? Uh, coach Price probably has the most feel any coach has ever had, and he would be looking at it, both football, basketball, kind of whatever sports. If it was a big volleyball game, um, he was big on supporting the other sports. So if it their game was at 11 o'clock. He's like, all right, prepare to wake up early and then hit the tailgates kind of deal. So we were able to go to pretty much uh, whatever games we we were home for if we weren't playing our own game or something. But, yeah, I went to a lot of different sporting events, especially the basketball. How is the college game day there for the football, though? Do they, do they get, does it get pretty crazy? Like, I don't know how – Like, I know in Wisconsin, like, um, we tailgate I mean, everything. It, it, 
it's nothing uh it's not like one of the the best atmospheres ever i went to a nebraska game and it was pretty pretty amazing yeah. but um if it, they show out i mean the kansas fan base if if there's something big going on they'll they'll show up for it so it's mm-hmm. pretty big um this it might have died out maybe through halftime but <laughs> definitely when uh spirits were high at the beginning it, yeah. it, it was pretty fun and the basketball games you mentioned you went to a bunch of those and obviously they like they they ball out like those guys are like they're yeah. one of the most it's one of the most respected like basketball programs like how was that atmosphere it's uh it's pretty remarkable it's probably one of the most special places in all of college mm-hmm. athletics everything and yeah go it's they can't really alter the arena too much because the donors don't want to mess with the history and tradition so i mean the stadium is or the arena is just packed 24 seven. I think they sell out every, every single game, obviously, but there are students camping out mm-hmm. waiting to get the best spots. And it's, it's pretty special. That's incredible. So on the baseball side, um, like who was your guys's biggest rival, like in the big 12? Uh, probably school wise. It it's obviously going to be Kansas state. Um, and then mainly because they, they were pretty good pretty good when i was there uh texas was always those were the one the one two punch on the most hated yeah uh so did did it ever get chippy between the between the two teams either texas or uh kansas state uh so it, we, we were pretty pretty good my freshman year went to the louisville regional um and then after that we had some pretty tough years but it always seemed against k-state it was got most chip most uh chirping and we, we'd be yelling back and yeah. forth um kind of no matter how it's just how it is no yeah. matter who was having a good year bad years whenever we played them in a series it was always close always intense and uh that was kind of what i had to learn my freshman year and being from california i was like oh yeah i mean i get it you guys don't like k-state and then i had a an upperclassman from kansas kind of pull me aside and be like no dude we hate Kansas State. Like you're 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 a Jayhawk. You hate Kansas, and yeah. then you we we played against them at their place my freshman year, and I mean the the crowd was they were it was packed. They're yelling. It was mm-hmm. a fun environment, and then I I understood from then on like I I hate K State. There you go. That's it. As soon as the uh, freshman year, you learn like this is the team we hate. All right, <laughs> like that's that's the team yeah. we hate. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter who it is. Um, so then you obviously were a closer and you like set records closing and relieving, um, like, was there any talks of having you start or was it pretty much just like you were just going to go in there and be a reliever? Cause like you were good at it too. Yeah. Uh, it, I think just one with, with the arm slot is it's tough to, to be like, all right, Hey, let's, let's have you start. That's um, true. It, it was more talked of, Hey, if we need you to go, coming to the sixth and maybe go four or go three or something like that um that was kind of the main goal but i i think we found something that kind of worked and for the most part they were like hey let's just keep rolling with it and we'll we'll see what we can do and kind of not tweak with too many things yeah so talk to me about this and you went to the northwoods league um obviously um that's i i live here in madison area so like we we see the mallards and um, I've been to several of those games. I've talked to guys who played in the Northwoods League. Uh, I've talked to guys who played like the uh, team in Canada. I can't remember exactly where they are, but he was like, "We're like we're at the very tip top, and like we had to travel for every 
every Alexandria, uh, I believe. Was it Alexandria? No, no, no. Um, that, that's still in. Oh, I forget. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that but he was way out crazy. there. That's some absolute grindy bus rides. Yeah, had to, had to get on. But yeah, how was how was your experience playing in the Northwoods League? Like um, numbers man, wise, yeah. you did well. Yeah, no, it, it was good. Um, yeah, obviously, when when you're able to have a, a good year, it's it's fun. Um, I think because it was right after my freshman year, and I was kind of still a little ignorant to what I was getting into looking back now, it's basically a minor league season with no pay, less, less, uh, better, like, or I guess less quality hotels, food. I mean, you name it. So I, I, I think if it was after my sophomore junior year, I probably would have been more hesitant, but, uh, it's still a great league. You play against some great competition. Um, and man, yeah, you're on, you're on some long bus rides, but it kind of helps you get to know your teammates and kind of make some good friendships along the way. You might only play for two and a half months together, but man, it felt, we felt like we were closer than uh, the time would tell you. Yeah, you're right. It's basically a minor league season, a short season, because the travel there, uh, especially in the Northwoods League, like you had to drive from Canada to Iowa to Wisconsin, yeah. Minnesota, which I think is where you played. Um, so the grind is just incredible. Um, like that really. Yeah, I think- we actually, so it's Thunder Bay, I think you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in Canada. And yeah, one game, this is kind of what I mean by I was a little ignorant too. Well, I didn't know what I was jumping into, but one game, uh, we woke up, it was like 5 a.m., did the two hour trip to Thunder Bay in Canada for the 10 o'clock game, played the game, got on the bus back, and played a night game against Thunder Bay again at our place. Wait, what? And in, like, in the same day? Yeah same day well it was pretty wild <laughs> that's that's a that's a hike too i mean that's a pretty yeah pretty good trip. yeah the, the only guys that didn't go it was like the starting pitcher and then the catcher for the second game everybody else it was so i mean like looking back it's kind of funny it's, it's fun but um yeah it's crazy things like that it prepared you for the minor leagues you want you would probably could say just De- that, that grind um, how was, what was, was there like a big difference between, cause you played in the Cape as well. Like, was there a difference between like the Northwoods league and the Cape? Um, like what, did you see like a different, was it a different type of player or was it pretty much similar talent, both places? Um, I would say it's definitely different. Uh, the Cape, I would say the difference with the Cape would be one through nine, you know, you're facing any given school that day you're facing their dude mm-hmm. so it was you kind of it, was, it wasn't a, oh i'm facing seven eight nine this and eight, i kind of get a let's just pump fastballs by him or something right it was hey you really got to hit your spot make sure you sequence well um because these guys know how to hit and in northwoods you might have to worry about i'll say like one through six or something right and then maybe you have some filler guys towards the end but for cape it was hey this one through nine these guys are all trying to play we're all playing hard. It's like a, it's a pretty special league to play in. Um, and I think I realized that I went my first year, his name was Michael Tinsley and he just got done hitting like three fifty in the big 12, like great hitter. And they had him hitting like eight. And I'm like, what the, I mean, so it's yeah. just things like that. And you're playing with all the top name schools. You're playing with guys from Arizona, Vanderbilt, Florida, you name it. So it's, it's a, uh, it's fun. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, um, was the travel better over there? Because I think it's 
more like, yeah, condensed yeah, yeah. or not. I, I think the furthest you're you're within a couple, uh, an hour or two okay. is pretty much everybody. So it's nice. Was that after your sophomore year or junior year? Uh, I, I'm a, I'm a rare repeat. I went after sophomore and junior year because I, I always say that kind of because normally guys get drafted after junior year. So I I didn't and I went back for <laughs> for a second year. Do you think that helped you get drafted though? Just being playing in the Cape and being able to pitch against the talent that they have there. Like obviously, like you said, one through nine, they're just dudes. Yeah, yeah, it definitely. Um, summer, it's 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 weird. Summer ball really exposes some guys. Just if uh, mainly with the wooden bat, if mm-hmm. guys can hit with that, if guys can throw, and you get good results off that. So yeah, definitely, kind of as you said again with the Northwoods helps you get used to a minor league season and kind of see how you do against big name college bats when they have some uh, a wood bat and everything. So having success of the college uh, season helped obviously. And then backing it up during summer ball uh, definitely helps. For sure. And then at what point um, did you, the scouts did you, so I got this from a uh, different guy I interviewed. He has a podcast as well. And he talks about not uh, that if to when moment, not like if I get drafted, but when I get drafted. So when was your like, if to when moment where you stop saying if I get drafted, but when I get drafted, um, it was probably, I would say it was maybe towards the end of my sophomore year. Um, I had actually, I probably gained about seven miles an hour on my fastball and that was mainly growing in the body, getting bigger, stronger. Um, so like freshman year, I was probably sitting around like 82, 83, and then uh, sophomore year, I think I was topping around 90 and kind of figured it out. I got hit around a little bit. I was kind of learning again how to pitch with velocity. So kind of helped, helped me figure it out towards the end of my sophomore year. And I had some scouts talk to me. Then a coach was like, hey, make sure you keep doing this, that, because these guys are going to talk to you. And then it kind of hits you and you're like, oh, actually, I could have a chance. Um and then going through my junior year, had, had a decent year, hoping to get drafted, like always want to uh, see what, what happens. Kind of wasn't in the cards for me, talked to some guys here and there, but it was definitely better for me to go back, finish up school, um, finish out my senior year and get a chance to play as a senior sign. So kind of did that and it was definitely the, the better choice for, for myself. So how was your draft day experience then? Because obviously you went in the, the 10th round, correct? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So how was your like your experience? Like did you have like a like a draft party or was it just kind of like low key, you know? <laughs> no, it was uh it was my mom, brother, and girlfriend at the time, now wife. Uh-huh. Uh and we're hanging out, dude. She my my wife's now, she came out first time to California. We were at the beach. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's, like, drafts going on. We'll just, like, kind of hang out and watch. I've been getting calls, but as a senior sign, you have no idea kind of when you're going to go. Teams could like you. You could be, like, theoretically the number one guy, but they won't take you until it it fits perfectly in the draft for them for that, right? So it was either, hey, I'll be a money saver pick, uh, I don't know, like, sixth, seventh round, or I could even fall until late the second day in, like, the 25th round or something. So it was really a, hey, let's kind of hang out, see what happens, stay by the phone. Um, I actually, so I, my mom woke me up 
that morning at like 7 a.m. because I didn't, I forgot or I wasn't thinking clearly, whatever. She's like, hey, your phone, I'm getting calls from your coach because you're not answering your phone. I'm like, oh, East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> so I was already a couple hours behind and uh, woke up and I actually was talking to the Dodgers the most. And they were like, hey, we're going to take you. Uh, I was in the drive through uh, at Del Taco because we we're like, hey, we need we need something quick. Getting some tacos. Dodgers call me pull out of the draft they're like hey we're about to take you I'm like all right sounds good my brother pulls up the draft on his phone dodgers pick someone else they like go over and like wow. all right get get back in line get the tacos dodgers call again they're like hey we're gonna we're gonna take you 10th round like yes or no basically that's kind of all they say i'm like yeah of course um and then they're like all right sounds good and then the rangers actually called me and said hey we're gonna take you 10th round uh pick whatever it was and you look on the chart and you see that they're one pick after uh the dodgers so i'm like okay i'm going to the dodgers like if they pick me this time and then uh out of nowhere i get a call from the mets talk to the guy twice and he goes hey we're about to take you and i was like all right sweet no joke 10 seconds later uh pick goes in and you watch it on tv so uh it, it was, I'm not going to say heartbreaking because it was Dodgers, yeah. West Coast, California. Yeah. But, and then all of a sudden the, the Mets gave us a little curveball. But yeah, no, it, it happens quick and you kind of don't know up until that moment. Yeah. Um, so obviously you grew up in, in, in LA area, like Southern California. Were you a, like a Dodgers fan growing up or a Padre? Probably weren't a Padres fan at that time. I, so we're, I'm about 20 minutes from Angel Stadium. So okay. I grew up going to Angel games. I mean, any time, like all, all the time. So, um, but I will say I obviously like the Yankees because of how good they were growing up. Wow. Uh, so <laughs> I, I had some, some, yeah, I had some guys roll their eyes at me, but uh, yeah, I, I grew up going to all the angel games and everything. So pretty familiar with that. Who's your favorite angels player growing up? I know it's kind of off getting sidetracked, but like growing up, like obviously going to those games, like for me going to Oakland games, Eric Chavez was like the, my favorite guy to watch play, yeah. hit, or play third base. Um, I thought yeah. he was just incredible, no, smooth, no, was, and yeah, like he was awesome. yeah. Who was like someone like you just looked at and like that's well, that's the dude. The the Angels kind of had at that time they had some of the they they just played hard and kind of played how you always envision yourself playing, right? So Sean Figgins was the man. He played middle infield. I like playing second base, so I always watched him. Um, and then, obviously, Garrett Anderson was a beast as well. So, probably those two are the top. And then, uh, I mean, you can sprinkle in. I mean, they had Vladimir. They had Darren Erstad type deal. So, they, they had a lot of guys that it was fun to watch. Yeah. So, I mean, that would have been sweet if you got drafted by either the Angels or the Dodgers. But the Mets, Definitely. they're an organization. Like, they're obviously very a big, a big-time organization, right? They're not – especially now with their new owner. They're not, they're not playing games. Yeah. Um, so – you get drafted by the Mets, and then you go right to the minor leagues. Um, obviously, playing in the the Big Twelve, it's probably a, a lot nicer travel, so a little bit nicer, you know, uh, stadiums and equipment wise. Like, did anything prepare you to go from like being a Big Twelve player to? I think you went to rookie ball first, and I think you played every level right throughout your That's, so yeah. far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if anything, it was the Northwoods that prepared you i mean you're 
you're grinding. You're eating some pretty bad food. It was Golden Corral takeout. Um, very limited selections on sandwiches, on pretty much everything. So you're staying in some rough spots on hotels. Um, it was tough, but at the same time, it's you kind of laugh about it. And it's kind of fun. Everyone understands how bad it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're. I was fortunate to be with a group of a lot of senior signs. So we kind of enjoyed that process together and kind of helped each other along the way. But yeah, de- definitely the Northwoods prepares you the most. Right. Um, and uh, speaking of like just being in the minor leaguers and the grind and all that, um, obviously this part of podcast is way more than baseball. They're helping out to do like housing and um, kind of just uh, being uh, an advocate for, for minor leaguers. Um, you're married. So obviously now like I'm, or you probably, or do you live in team housing? Like, how does that work now with the new like housing like rules and stuff? Yeah, so that that is uh, that is a tricky part with the housing. Obviously, MLB saying, "Hey, we'll pay for the housing and everything like that." It's great. It's definitely a step in the right direction. Um, I I didn't have as big of an issue, but different guys who have kids, if you want to live somewhere else, it's kind of on you and you have kids, your wife, you have to have a roommate. You have to have someone that's okay to do that. And if you're trying to get in a spot where it's more comfortable for your family, it is on you. They just kind of, they say, Oh, well, we offered this for you. So here, here you go, take it. And if you don't, then you got to leave it. Um, so it's definitely a step in the right direction, but I did see a couple guys who their families either couldn't come with them or, they had to opt out of the free housing because it's just not a good situation to have your two kids and wife with a roommate on top of his wife. And it's just, so there's some little uh, gray areas that I think could probably be addressed, but uh, it's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah. And, and you, you mentioned your wife, she's also an athlete, so she's a volleyball player. Um, who's the, like, obviously I'm sure you're both competitive. Does it get pretty competitive? Like if you're doing like family game nights or whatnot? Yeah, my my mother in law has banned us from being on the same team. So, we uh, we definitely get into games. We play a lot of card games and uh, word games type deal. But yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah, no, for sure, I bet. Um, so speaking of just life in the minors, I I, I like talking about this one because it, it kind of highlights the struggles that people go through. Um, because I say this all the time, fans they see the final product, right? They see their favorite player. Um, on their favorite team, but they don't see like the years of just grinding through the minors that that player went through to get to the big leagues, right? Um, so yeah. I like to kind of talk about this and kind of highlight some things. Um, it could be funny, but it's more funny just because you're going through it as a professional, you know, baseball player. Um, have you had any like funny like minor league stories where it's like, okay, the bus broke down here, or we get to the hotel and there's no reservation for us, or um or something like that uh i mean yeah we we just had one where right before i i got went down with my injury we're leaving the field the it's an awkward like 6 30 a.m bus or something like that and bus driver read the email wrong and there's there's a miscommunication or something so he shows up 30 minutes late he's like all right everybody get on there's like two buses um so half the team's already on bus one everybody else hops on bus two and we're leaving out outside of our complex and our bus driver goes through a tight squeeze or 
big bus parked there or something and ends up taking off our side mirror. And he takes, well, he stops the bus. Everyone kind of like, what's going on? It's also six in the morning. Everyone stops and he looks out and he goes, yep, the mirror's gone. Get off. <laughs> so we, we all just jump off and hop on bus one. You all squeeze on and try to make your flight. Um, but yeah, I mean, stuff like that. Um, more than often, the something goes wrong with the food. And that's not an issue on not ordering, not getting enough. It's more on the catering company. Like we've had guys where, oh, they're, they Uber eats it or something. And the driver never showed up. So the whole meal showed up an hour late and guys are running out with a sandwich in their back pocket before the game starts. Um, also other times where the, they made like half the amount of sandwiches that they had to. So only the starters ate and then just stuff like that, but uh, not, nothing too bad, nothing too crazy. Um, definitely. I had some bags get lost or our team did uh, on the airplane and stuff like that. But, Somehow you find a way to get through it. Somebody always packs an extra belt, an extra hat. So, yeah. But yeah, just little things here and there. Yeah. Like I said, it's only funny because you guys are professional athletes going through all of these situations and scenarios. Like I've had guys who told me their bus broke down similar. Um, Two buses, one breaks down. They all go into the second bus. That bus breaks down. Um, it turns into I, a I've, whole. I've heard of that one too. Turns yeah. into a whole overnight ordeal, and they're stuck in the middle of like Indiana, and all they could do is order a Taco Bell from Uber Eats because nothing else delivered at that night at that late time. So, one guy's yeah. ordering Taco Bell for all the boys, and it's just Uber drivers are showing up, or Uber Eats guys are showing up left and right with their Taco Bell orders yeah. in the middle of like cornfields in Indiana. So it's just incredible, like the stories that people have told me. And like I said, it's, it's funny, but it's really not that funny because you shouldn't have to be going through this. Um, you, you talked about food though, like at, throughout all the levels of the minor leagues that you've been through, like at what point did the spread actually start getting better? Like the post game or pregame, whatever. Uh, probably double it C- consistently. You'll, you'll have good meals here and there, uh, but a consistent good meal normally starts around double a, uh, then, then depending on where, where you go, where your home stadium is, they might have a good week, have a bad week. Um, Triple A is normally pretty solid. What what stadium um, in Triple A that just has like the best food? Like you go there and you're like, oh, I cannot wait because like I'm gonna just take a couple of these back with me or something. <laughs> I, I've heard um, I've heard Nashville is pretty good. I don't know if you played there. So I I haven't played in Nashville, but I I do remember uh, Louisville. That's where the the bats are. It's the Reds, and they had good food. And you can go around. It's it's a great spot to to hit up a, a local joint or something like that. Nice. Um, so what going, talking about kind of jumping through different like leagues here, what, where did you notice like the biggest difference in like competition? Um, like I, I've heard double A is harder than triple A for some different aspects. Uh, but was it from like double A to triple A or from like high A to double A? Where did you start noticing that like batters weren't just getting out as easy? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely I've hit my struggles more in AAA. Um, so ho- hopefully coaches go with your your thought of AA is harder. Yeah, <laughs> but um, no, I, I definitely hit you hit a, a roadblock at some point. You're going to unless you're you're probably one of the best pitchers. If, if you don't, um, a lot of guys I've played with, y'all stumble upon one thing that happens. Um, for for me, you noticed it in AAA, and it was more the approach of the hitter, and 
everyone always says you can't get away with mistakes anymore, but they're even hitting good pitches. You'll, you'll throw a pitch. It could be up and in your highest velocity, perfect spot. And that guy could still turn on it and hit it 400 feet. So I, I think it's more still trusting yourself through it because you could give up, you could throw your perfect pitch and be like, I got that guy out at every single level. And now triple A, this guy takes it deep. And you could be like, is that a problem with my pitch? Is that a problem with this? And it's, it's just what it is. Like that, that guy just got one. You could throw that pitch 10 more times. The next 10 guys will get out. So I think it's more of a mental understanding that, Hey, you still have what it takes, still got it. And just believing that, Hey, that pitch is going to get somebody out. Speaking of the mental side, um, obviously like you hear baseball is a game of failure because most of the time, like even the best hitters will strike out a ton. Uh, so how do you mentally like keep yourself strong um, just going through through the minors, um, either through the ups and downs? Obviously, you've had really like your numbers in, in minor leagues have been pretty good. But at the same time, you mentioned like the struggles you go through. Like, how do you me- stay mentally strong and like, mentally tough through those times? Yeah, it's a. Uh... I think it really starts with connecting with the teammates around you. You guys are all going through the same thing. Nobody wants to have a bad outing, but it's going to happen. So I think really if you connect with your, your teammates and you guys are able to talk about it and really be like, dang, that, that was a tough one yesterday. And that, that guy sitting there is like, yeah, I had a tough one two days ago. So I, everyone gets it. Uh, my first year, again, we I had a lot of senior signs on my team and we would give each other, we had three days uh, during the whole season to kind of say, all right, I'm kind of over it. Give me my space. Nobody like, don't joke around with me today. Just kind of let me go about my business. And you had three days and you had to let people know. And then after those days, be like, all right, you're back at it. Like get over it kind of deal. So that's kind of what you got to do. I think you got to have a good group around you. And, uh, I think those guys, you guys help each other. Everyone's going through the struggle. So you might as well go through it together. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a very good point. Obviously, like having that camaraderie with the guys um, and knowing that um, people have gone through before you and then there's people going through it with you at the same time definitely helps. Yeah. Um, getting off the bus, like what is the one city you've gotten off the bus? You look around and you're like, where am I? I'm in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I, I guess I should say... That's a tough question. Honestly, anywhere the Appalachian League isn't even a league anymore, or at least they're not affiliated with minor league baseball. But there are some spots in Tennessee where, I mean, I, I played in Kingsport, Tennessee, and it was our home field, and I would still get out and be like, "Where am I?" Like there's <laughs> there's just trees, there's open land, there's just nothing around here. And then all of a sudden, there's a ballpark. So. I would say the league in Tennessee, I'd never been. Uh, obviously, there are, there are some great spots, but there are some random spots where you're like, wow, I do I have cell phone service? Do I have this or that? Um, but, yeah, there, there's a couple, I'd say, in the Midwest, really, that, that will get you pretty good. Did you ever play in Beloit? No, I did not. Okay. Because I know that's here in the Midwest League. I don't know. all With all the realignments, like, who knows what – yeah, what yeah, is what yeah. compared to when you were in low or high A? It was low A before now it's high A. Um, yeah, like I've had 
like Beloit is one of the stadiums that people talk to me all the time about. Like that's it's like the worst stadium and like, the, like <laughs> not the nicest city in in Wisconsin. But uh, yeah. they actually just got a new stadium. I was there a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago, and like it's a like brand new stadium. This is the first like full season in it. Uh, and it's a really great stadium now. Um, the previous yeah. stadium was just absolutely like minor league baseball had told the city that if they didn't get a new ballpark. They're they're losing their team basically. So they. The, the city was like, okay, we can't do that. So they were able to, uh, yeah. you know, pony up some money and, and build a new stadium. A um, couple more things. Um, have you ever, like, because like, you mentioned these teams, these stadiums are kind of like in the middle of nowhere. Um, the stadiums are small. Fans are, like, right on top of you. You can hear every single thing they say. Um, have you had any, yeah. like, funny fan interactions, whether it's, um, uh, you know, asking for autographs or, like, just, you know, shouting random, like, um, chirps at you? Uh, kind of while you throughout your your career here in the minors um a lot of just being sidearm I had, I've had a lot of guys uh be like fans be yelling at you saying uh this isn't softball stuff like that <laughs> um like throw in the top you suck I mean just kind of just the basic stuff uh I did hear one though I was a spectator he didn't get me on this one but we we had a guy this is a low a and it was Oh, we're we're playing the Yankees low way. I forget where where it was now. It was somewhere in uh, South Carolina, and uh, and the guys on the mound, he's warming up, and we're maybe a couple weeks on the season. This guy had been struggling uh, right out the gate, and this guy comes up behind us. This is a day game; no one wants to be there. There's a group of guys behind us. Guy on on uh, on the mound, let's just say his last name Smith or whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. He's like, "Oh, Smith, like you went to like Cal Poly." Oh wow, you're like a you had a four That's crazy. Oh, that's awesome. You have a five in in low A too. You're really you have really high. Like your GPA, your ERA is high. Like and he was just wearing him out on how high his GPA and mm-hmm. ERA was. And I mean the guy the guy was just kind of getting on his Instagram talking about oh oh that's so awesome. You hung out with John yesterday. Like it's like what? I mean. So while this guy is pitching, he's music going on. He's just yelling at you, and it's uh, it's just fun. It's yeah. (laughs) We're all trying not to laugh because this guy's warming up going in, but he was giving him some good some good one liners, and it was cool. Yeah, like there's there's always like once in a while like you hear the fan, especially like on Dollar Beer Night or something. Like the fans get kind of wild. Um, they there's some fans who have some really good chirps. Like I've been told a couple good ones. I'm like, you got to respect. You got to just kind of laugh and kind of respect what they're saying and whatnot. Um, um, do you ever have like the autograph guys who come with like the books and they just kind of flip through it and they're like, so what's your name? And then they're they're looking through it and you're like, okay, never mind. Or maybe they'll get your autograph. I know Mets, their, their fans are pretty good. Yeah, no, they're, uh, they're all over. It doesn't matter what level, it doesn't matter what league, what game you're going to find some, uh, some autograph guys, uh, tracking you down. The best way to get around that, um, you either stand next to the top prospect on your team or as the top prospect gets out, yell their name mm-hmm. really quick. And then everyone runs to them and you just kind of walk on by. Nice tips for those who are in the minor leagues right now. Yeah. Who was, yep. who those was are, like those the, are the two biggest, who was like the number one. Yeah. Who was the number one guy like who got, who like, I guess maybe this year here in AAA uh, for the Rangers now, um, like who was, who's maybe the one guy who gets just hounded like nonstop. Uh, that's easy. Uh, the right-handed pitcher Cole Wynn. Okay. He is he is a first rounder in eighteen, and I mean like, he's the real deal. He'll be 
he'll be up in the big leagues probably at the second half of this year and he'll probably have a 15-year career so he's definitely uh seeked out the most by all autographers yeah that's crazy I, I can't even imagine just being him everywhere you go he probably can't go anywhere in in anywhere where your guys play just because like everyone just knows who he is just being yeah. such a high profile pick and whatnot yeah yeah no it's uh i mean he, he has fun we're, we're close we're, we're friends so he has fun with it and he'll either try to put on some glasses or try a different jacket or do something to see if he can sneak on by and he uh, normally gets picked out pretty quickly wow so he has to get the fake glasses or the glasses on. Maybe she should get like one of those fake mustaches <laughs> and walk out and see we'll, if. Uh... We'll see. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it, at, at some point he has fun with it. You just kind of got to joke around. Guys will give you a hard time, but it's it's um, it's all in good fun. Yeah, for sure. You probably you have to help me out. Try to get him on the podcast. That'd be that'd be fun to have him come on and talk to him. Definitely. For sure. OK, well, last thing I want to talk about is. um. Oh, well, actually, two things. So you get traded. Like, how was that? How did you find out you got traded to the to the Rangers, obviously, from the Mets not a year or two ago? Like, how was that situation played out? Yeah, it uh, got traded, like, last season, last week of the regular season in 2020. Uh, so it was pretty pretty weird just because I hadn't – we were training. I wasn't at the alt site. I was just uh, throwing live BPs to high school kids in Arizona and trying to stay in shape. And then I was up early – I had my alarm for set for like eight o'clock for church. It was Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And then I get a call at like seven 30. So I was kind of upset that I was getting woken up this yeah. early by a call. It's, it's our uh, head director at the time. And I, I answer the phone. I'm like, hello, like kind of upset. Like, what do you want? And he's like, Hey, like Steven, sorry to wake you. Um, like we, we want to like, thank you for your time with the Mets. We just traded you to the Texas Rangers. And it's kind of, all right. Like, thanks. He goes, yeah, we'll, you'll uh, watch your phone. Like someone will be reaching out to you and it's, it's done. My, <laughs> as quick as that, like your time with the Mets is done. And then sure enough, within like an hour, I got a call and uh, yeah, you're, you're a Texas Ranger just like that. And I mean, obviously the Texas Rangers, they, they have a ton of good talent, like the, the draft picks that they've had um, obviously the last couple of years in drafting pitchers and whatnot. And they obviously signed Sammy into a big deal. And um Seager, I think, right? Seager, obviously, yeah, a big deal. Yep. So they got plans on, on competing, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just uh, hopefully, like I said, you're in the AAA. Hopefully, you make your major league debut, hopefully, this season, depending on, like, I mean, hopefully, we get good news, you know, coming up here with the, with the Army and whatnot. But uh, um, when you're not pitching, like, what do you do for fun? Like, do you golf? Are you a gamer? Like, what's what do you do when you're not pitching or working out? Yeah, uh, I like, like golfing, like gaming. Um just got married this past off season Congrats. so i was busy with kind of all that thank you uh also got a year a year old golden retriever his name's finn and then i got a little kitten at the same time his name's post malone and so they're uh they're a handful got them both when they were uh like three months old so been dealing with them hanging out with the the pups and kitten and Besides that, I mean, the wedding planning took a lot of time, took a lot of uh, energy. So this going to this next off season, kind of get to hang out more and definitely sharpen my golf game. For sure. I, I'm not a golfer. I, I can't pretend to be um, like I'm just bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're definitely thrown into it. Uh, I got, I've gotten more into it the last couple of years. Just being a pitcher, you'll have different guys want to go all the time. So 
it's good to get out. Kind of gives you a little break from the stress of the season. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I hear that all the time. Pitchers they they golf a lot. Um, I, I know I've talked to a couple guys who are actually really good golfers um, in different organizations, um, and I'm like, wow, I wish I had just like a sliver of what <laughs> of their talent. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, gaming I, that that is something I do do. So we'll have to maybe squat up sometime. I don't know what you play, but yeah, uh, we'll have yeah. to figure that out. Uh, what sometime in here in the future. But uh, I want to thank you for coming on. Obviously, um, you know, taking some time out of your time out of your day. So I do appreciate that. Um, hopefully we'll have you back on in the future. Um, but yeah, enjoy the rest of your, uh, I guess you're two hours behind me. So enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks brother. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. It was fun. Yeah, absolutely. And like, like I said, we'll have to have you back on. Hopefully you see you make your major league debut. Uh, if you pitch out here and I know that Rangers will come out to White Sox or Minnesota twins or whatnot. So hopefully I'll come eventually watch you pitch live and we'll see how that goes. And we'll have to meet up at dinner or something. Awesome, brother. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.